Craft Beer Radio, episode 24, December 22nd, 2005. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week, episode 24. Two our... dozen. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. Our uh, third of three evolving winter beers. Winter seasonal. Winter seasonal beers, yes. We we have we usually have uh, some nice cheat sheets for the beer. This week, we... Well, the dog ate them. Or I left them sitting on the printer. <laughs> so we're just going to have to be flying by the wing of our pants, and we hope that it uh, comes out to a good show. Let's figure out how it starts with the business. Okay, first I want to thank listener Nick, who sent us some books in the mail. Yep. Sent us a book about Alesmith Old Numbskull, mm. Young's Old Nick, and Berry Public Hop Rod Rye. Sweet. So we have four hop, four rye beers now. So awesome. That, awesome. that rye show is definitely on. Thank you, Nick. Really appreciate it. Okay, now we're going to be singing here, so if you want to skip past us on the iPod. This is going to be free. bad. <clears throat> Me, 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 me. When, when the weather, weather outside is frightful and the beer swag is sure delightful, there's only, only one place to go. Suds gear, suds gear, suds gear dot com. Thank you. If you place an order at sudsgear.com and use the coupon code CBR, you will get 10% off your order. The website, sudsgear.com. The code CBR. The singing, awful. Very. <laughs> there are several ways you can send us feedback. You can post a comment for us on the website, which is craftbeerradio.com. You can vote for us on Podcast Alley and leave a comment if you'd like. You can call our comment line at 206-202-BEER. You can send an email or audio comment to beer at craftbeerradio.com. You could yell really loud, but it'd be hard for us to hear. One to uh, one other piece of business here. We had a listener, listener Tom from Chicago, wrote in and asked us if we would set up a frapper map, and they're really easy to set up, so we did. For those of you in the know, lots of podcasts are doing them. It's a Google Map uh, hack that everyone can put a push pin in a map of all the listeners for the show, so we can look at the map and see where all the listeners mm-hmm. are. If you're already a frapper mem- member, you just go to the link and you click it, and you're done. If you haven't heard of Frapper, you can go to our website, and there is a link to our map. You can go in, you can sign up, and put your own little pushpin in our map, and be able to see where other Craft Beer Radio listeners are. What's the derivation of Frapper? It's um. It sounds dirty. It's the same kind of naming scheme as Flickr, oh, okay. with just the R at the end instead of the ER. They're kind of in that same vein of social, you know, social web-based browsing type stuff. So. On to email. Uh, Rick from uh, PBN. Pacific Brew News. Pacific Brew News. Wonderful. I said last week on the show that um, we were surprised at the, the Jubilee and the mm-hmm. Wasail that we didn't really like that much. We I said that I thought he, they ranked those very high in their uh, Winter Beer mm-hmm. Festival judging thing they did. And he wanted to point out that that's not the case. They didn't rank either of those very uh, oh. up near the top. And uh, so he, I just wanted to set the record straight for him. Brian wrote in. He's okay. the one that wrote in and told us how much he liked the Jubilee yeah, on the yeah. wassail. And he wrote in apologizing, oh, telling you don't us need to do that. No, you don't have to apologize. We were would taste them anyway. Absolutely. It was again for those who might not remember. We just thought the beers were way too bitter and didn't offer enough of the the winter seasonal spiciness or you know the maltiness that right. you're used to in those styles. So that's what we didn't really care for those beers. So Brian, don't worry about it. Recommend some more beers Absolutely. that uh, we won't like and we won't hold it against you. <laughs> we won't hold it against you at all. You know, we, we love trying new stuff and uh, if we like it, we like it. If we don't like it, we don't like it. But again, and, and you know, this sort of fits into the next one and I'll explain more when we get to the next one, but our taste buds are our taste buds and what right. are you going to do? We had two people who wrote in about when we talked about the overrated beers last week. Yeah, uh, Corey and John, they specifically went after me and I understand it because I was kind of harsh against Stone and specifically arrogant bastard Corey, you know says you know when you taste it look for pineapple uh and john said you know have you haven't tried it have you tried it again recently uh and you know maybe you're maybe you're too contentious on it and i was sort of like you know i don't know so actually yesterday went to the bar 
gave it a shot because I hadn't tried it in a while. And unfortunately, I came to the same verdict, which is that, okay, it was a little bit better than I expected. I remembered it was it was malty and, and hoppy at the same time. It had you know so a nice balance at first, but it gave me that sort of um, slick kind of viscosity, sort of viscous. Um, I don't want to say oily because it's not oily, but it just sort of stuck on my tongue, and it stuck on my tongue with uh, this bitterness that wouldn't go away, and it was, and and it stuck that bitterness there that wasn't very enjoyable. And I find that that's the case of from a lot of, of the stone beers, which is why I tend to do, you know, Jeff points this out, I give them a hard time when they're mentioned because I, I think that they, I guess part of me subliminally feels that they need to be pushed down a peg. I don't know exactly why I feel this way, but I do think that they're overrated um, from my perspective. And like I say, the only person, you know, that can really give my perspective, the only taste buds that I can talk, talk about are my own. Uh if people like that, people enjoy that, then more power to them. But for me, it, it's it's too much for me, and I disagree with them being rated so high. On the other hand, like I say, it wasn't as bad as I remember. I do kind of tend to, when I don't like something, overdo it sometime in, in my memory of how okay. bad it is. You're just not worthy. I guess I'm not worthy. <laughs> Dr. Steve wrote in. He had um, two questions for us. He has a old bottle of Sam Adams Triple Bock, one that he got when he was still a chiropractic student. I thought this was very funny because this mirrors a story that's sort of somewhat similar to yours. Exactly. He um, got it a long time ago, in 99 or 2000. It's never really been stored at cellar temps, just in the air with all the temperature fluctuations. And he wondered, you know, is this beer going to be any good? He asked, will it kill me? And Probably won't kill you. Probably won't kill you. I have a very similar... I have your brother bottle of Sam Adams Triple Buck. <laughs> the story is I went to a uh, bottle shop uh, shortly after they opened. I was talking with the owner and uh, he took me back and uh, he was washing dishes in the kitchen. I was just back talking beer with him. And up beside the microwave, he had this bottle of Sam Adams Triple Buck. And he handed it to me and gave it to me. He handed it to me. It was like 90 degrees. <laughs> so I can't ima- imagine what kind of oxidized you know, cardboardy tasting beer this is going to be. Reviews of properly stored triple buck aren't always that great either. So a one that's been stored like mine to, is going to be a worse degree than uh, Steve's, but oh, give it a try. There, right? No, it's not going to kill us, but don't get your hopes up. It's yeah. going to be a wonderful beer from what I've heard about these Sam Adams triple bucks. Some of their later extreme beer offerings, like Millennium and Utopias, are much better beers overall than the Triple Bock was. He also had a, a little story to tell. He was uh, at the beer store looking for some Hop Devil, mm-hmm. because we've been talking about it on the show. And the person running the store said he didn't have Hop Devil, but he had the Stout's Double IPA. And he said, if you like the Hop Devil, you'll love the Stout's Double IPA. Mm. Steve found that it was... He didn't really like the sweetness from it. And he uh, didn't care yeah. much for the, the crazy alcohol, and it's 10.5% alcohol. Yeah, so. but a double IPA, because of the amount of alcohols in it, it's going to be a lot sweeter. So. The malt to get yeah. the alcohol also leaves the sweetness. If, if you, I mean, if you're not into that sweetness, then it's the furthest thing from Hop Devil, really. Hop Devil is kind of interesting to me, because it's an IPA, but it, it's more like a pale ale to me. I think it's, it, it's more balanced. It has more maltiness to it. Yeah, it has a lot more malty than a lot of these dry... Very hoppy beers, and Stouts is one of those. I I understand where he's getting the sweetness. I never thought of it as an overtly sweet mm-hmm. beer, but I can understand with the alcohol where the sweetness is coming from. Now I, I can only guess that the person who recommended this said, you know, said, "Oh, Hop Devils." Well, this is even real, even hoppier. But that may not have been what you were going for. Yeah, it, it is hoppier, but there's a lot of other things yeah, you're not. Yeah. Gonna, it's not a very good comparison to Hop Devil, right. so. Just wanted to tell Steve not to be discouraged and uh, keep looking out for the Hop Devil. And I also mentioned that if you want something that is really hoppy and doesn't have the sweetness, which is you know widely available, I think the Stone's Ruination IPA is probably a good choice. It doesn't have as much sweetness or alcohol as the Stouts does, mm-hmm. but it's very, very hoppy. So that might be a, one that's more up your alley than the Stouts. I'd go for uh, Dogfish Head 60 Minute that has real clean hop flavor. Okay. Without being overtly powerful. Yeah, that's not really an imperial power hop to it. And no, the 90s, yeah. not really in the same 
league is the ruination of the stouts either, though. I mean, it's similar, but not quite. I was the same saying league. sixty minute. I mean, yeah. But also, I mean, if you want to just go straight for hops, victory hop wallop. Yeah, yeah. yeah the hop wallop this year is yeah. pretty crazy. If, if you just you know want to get hops, you you're drinking hop juice if you get hop wallop. Okay, the next email we got. We have a listener, Shanna, wrote in. She wanted to tell us that she loves the show. We inspired her to start brewing beer. Excellent. And uh, she's been listening to us and Basic Brewing Radio, and she has her first batch of beer in the bottles right now. She had a couple questions for us. She wanted to know how important is water. She uh, realized it's main ingredient, not necessarily distilled or bottled water. She said, you know, how's her tap water in in Lincoln, Nebraska? I I would purchase bottled water just because you can control it more. Distilled, not a good idea because it's so clean that really nothing sticks to yeah, it. Yeah, distilled's not a good choice. But what I told her, it, she's just started, so she's probably doing extract brews. Mm-hmm. The water chemistry is not as important for an extract brewer. It, you know, you want to get the chlorine out. That's the yeah. biggest thing when you're extract brewing, you, you know, you'd want to do. So I mentioned either buy some spring water, buy a five-gallon jug of spring water, or run your tap water through a chlorine filter. That's fine. When you start doing all grain, that's where you have to have the pH right for the enzymes to work and, and do the mash. So, but with extract, the water's just fine. And her other question was, she had some old uh, swing top bottles, like Grosch bottles, and wanted to know about the uh, seals. And I just told her, you can find seals at, probably at your homebrew store. You just buy new ones. And if not, yeah. you can get them online. And that's it. That is enough for email this week. And we're going on to news. Now... First news creator is the creator of Locale Beer, Joseph Owatis, died, unfortunately. He is a big person in the beer industry. He was a consultant for Sam Adams in the 80s. Credited by Jim Cook with revolutionizing the American beer business. In the 1950s, he worked for Rheingold Breweries in Brooklyn. He created what was called a diet beer by isolating enzymes that could break down starches, allowing the yeast in the beer to digest the starch and therefore lower the number of calories. So he was a biochemist. And did a lot for the beer industry. Yeah. Granted, the style of beer that he became from his legacy is not all that much to talk about. But, but his contribution to beer making in general and the chemistry involved is certainly uh, important. So, um, Joseph Wattis, who passed on, we... Um, we will drink this next we'll, beer yes, for you. Yes, we'll drink this for you. Okay, this next story is really cool. Yeah. The Brewers Association, in cooperation with the National Beer Wholesalers Association, hosted the fourth annual holiday beer tasting for congressional staffers and members in the foyer of the Rayborn House Office Building. This event was held on December 8th. Key staffers from both House and Senate offices were invited to taste beers from the Brewers Association member craft breweries from across the country. Which is really cool. So you, just, you work for the House and Senate, you get a cool beer tasting. That's awesome. Well, it um, can only help. Let the lawmakers realize that beer is not the fizzy yeah. yellow stuff. It, yeah. it can't hurt. It's one of the things that Pop the Cap did in North Carolina with the state um, lawmakers. They had beer tastings and educated them about beer is not Budweiser. How could Budweiser. they do that? How could they serve the beer that was higher alcohol? I'm not sure if they did. <laughs> I heard the story about them having the tastings yeah. with the lawmakers. I didn't. He, they didn't say whether they were serving beer with higher alcohol. Or not, whether they smuggled the hooch in or if they were serving good beer, still legal. Some of the uh, brewers included Boston Beer, Brooklyn, Dogfish Head, Deschutes, Harpoon, Flying Fish, Old Dominion, North Coast, uh, Rogues, Sierra Nevada, a lot of really. A lot of great brewers in the uh, Brewers Association. So hopefully someone's eyes were opened and uh, helped make this country a more beer friendly place. Yes. Maybe we'll have an official beer of. uh, House and official beer of the Senate. Thomas Jefferson wanted to have a uh, state brewery, yeah. state-run brewery. <laughs> That's not a good idea, I think. <laughs> Probably not. Imagine <laughs> what it would make. Yeah. <laughs> the last email here, it's, uh, I was debating whether to put this in Macromuck, but it really doesn't have that jab to it yeah. to be a good Macromuck. Uh, InBev and Anheuser-Busch are in a uh, bidding war over a Chinese brewer. Hmm. Actually, InBev outbid them for the state-owned Fujian Cedrin Brewery. Well, here's a good example of state-owned breweries, I guess. Yeah. Um, beer in Asia, for the most part, is abysmal. I mean, I don't want to say... I mean, we had. I went to the Otaru Brewery, which was excellent. So. But what did he say about what most people were yeah, drinking in Japan? but like he said, he said, he said the, the state of craft beer, like you said, is abysmal. It's a very, very low stuff, and you just get mostly rice beer. Rice, uh, rice adjunct beer. 
pretty. pretty Anheuser Busch already holds a 27% stake in Tsingtao, the number one beer brand in China. Mm-hmm. So they're just expanding into the market. It looks Basically, like it's trying to get their fingers in there, trying to get more of that crappy beer to more people around the country, around the world. <laughs> Well, well no, they just it. want to make money on people drinking the crappy well, beer. Yeah. They're just going to get some shareholders or some shares of Tsingtao. <laughs> hey, like Budweiser says, this is beer. Exactly. All right. Well, we're on to the beer tasting portion of the program. And uh, we don't have any what beer am I or Macromunk this week, so. Sorry. Such is, it, such is the way it is. And so we will start very shortly. Okay. We're here with our beers. First beer of the night. This is from a new brewery. A new brewery we want to welcome to the show. It's called Coors? Coors from Golden, Colorado. Hmm. This is their Winterfest Ale. Brewed once a year in celebration of the season. This beer has been brewed since 1988. Really? And uh, first it was just for the brewery employees. And then it was just available in Colorado. And sometime recently it's been spread nationwide. Well, let's give it a shot. This is our first macro... Yeah, we've been talking macro, about Blue yeah. Moon from Coors, but we haven't got there yet. So this is actually the first macro micro yeah. we're drinking on the show. Coors has a distribution area of everywhere and a production of 80 billion barrels or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the production numbers. Greg's being facetious. We better be careful. There might be a big train rumbling through our house here in a few seconds. <laughs> Doesn't quite look like the silver bullet. It's uh, it's a sort of a light amber color. Very clear. Mild, mid, mid moderate head, tan head, yeah. tan color has a nice dense thickness to it. It's almost too creamy. It's a little less than creamy, I guess. Actually, a a, a nice malty aroma. Yeah, it has a malty aroma. It's a, a bit of the. Um, it's not quite biscuity though. It's more malty. I mm-hmm. don't say biscuity, but no, it's more just a more so sugary malt. Yeah. Hmm. Is this lagered? I was looking to see what kind of yeast they said they used. And it didn't say. Well, it says ale right here. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's being a, such a large yeah. brewery, they might use lager yeast. The reason why I say it, it's sort of a lighter feel. It has um, has some bitterness coming through and, and maltiness. It's not horrible. <laughs> it's um, the kind of a lingering bitterness, bitterness on the side. It doesn't really have that kind of metallic, metallic taste you get from those lagers. Right. No, it, it is not horrible. It's um, not going to be at the top of the list. No. But it's somewhat lacking in the, in the kind of spiciness you expect. But it does have a decent malt profile. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of um, hoppy bitterness. Yeah, bitterness there. It's surprising. It's um. Is there any other craft beers you would compare this to? Hmm. I'm trying to to, to think along the lines. It. I mean, it's um. It's kind of like a a, a malty amber. Yeah, it's definitely not malty enough to be anywhere around the brown ale type. Right. Yeah, it's a it's an amber ale, red ale, somewhere in mm-hmm. there. I guess it would be called. I mean, this would have scored decently on our amber show. Um, there's nothing. I wouldn't say there's anything it's super superbly distinct about it, but there's nothing that's really turning me away from it either. It has a surprising amount of bitterness for a Coors beer. I think it needs more body, but you yeah. know, understand the, where they're coming from. It's a good effort. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've had Killian's. I wonder how close Killian's is to this. Well, you know, Killian's is still a lager. It's a, well, it's an Irish red, yeah, yeah, so it's still a lager, you're right. It, it it feels like it's getting a little bit, you know, as, as it's warming up a little bit, it, it's getting a little bit thicker bodied. This would go well with food, too. It's not filling, that's for sure. Yeah. It's less filling. It, it <laughs> tastes all right. It tastes pretty good. <laughs> it tastes all right. I wouldn't say it tastes great. It tastes all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to, you know, it, it's not going to hit up Anderson Valley for... <laughs> For for taste challenges, but hey, this is this is decently done. They use the choicest ingredients. <laughs> hmm. How about that macro beer that we like? Now this is um, something that's interesting here. It's a it's a lighter beer. It's a beer that is harder to hide flaws in, mm-hmm. and it's pretty clean. It, it there's I'm not really tasting anything wrong with it. Yeah, I could tell you things I'd like to have in this beer to make it better. I, I think it, it, it'll go with some more spices. Some more spices would probably do it um, some good. A little more body too. A little just more to, body would be yeah, just, yeah. Give it a little bit more, but but I mean, if you want to say what's wrong with this beer, nothing made wrong. by Coors. 
<laughs> politics. Mm-hmm. That's the politics of the beer. Yeah, that's the only thing that's wrong with it, really. Uh, it's certainly um, decent and certainly something that people should give it a try. Yeah, it'll it'll surprise you we, what a big brewery is capable of, and it'll also give you some insight on what these guys will be doing more of in the coming years yeah. when they're feeling the pinch from the craft breweries. And it certainly shows that they're on the right track. We, we get, you know, we talked about this before, um, that we kind of get into the politics a bit when we talk about these big brewers and we kind of discount them just because they are big brewers. And if they make a good beer, there's no reason why we shouldn't enjoy it and tell other people to drink it. Yeah, there's times I'm still torn. I mean, there's definitely politics involved when I thought up the name of the show, right? We're Craft Beer Radio, right. mm-hmm. show for the craft brewing industry. Right. So we definitely want to promote those guys. So, I mean, there is some politics, you know, inherent on, in the show. On the other but, hand, I mean, uh, now Coors is not a member of the craft brewing industry, but this is a crafted beer. It is. Makes you wonder if this recipe came from the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Which is the, the the brew pub that they have a Coors Field, where Coors it's almost a pilot brewery where they do yeah. a lot of good beer, and some of them I think Blue Moon might have come from the Sandlot. If not, I'm pretty sure the Pumpkin Blue Moon did. Yeah, and uh, you know this might have too. It certainly seems that we should be giving Blue Moon more of a chance based on this offering from Coors. I've said before, you know, I'm not making any reservations on any beers, except for one juicy TV commercials for. <laughs> Minus Sam Adams, I guess, because of how the Sam Adams Retros. surprised us and how this one tastes good. So, yeah, I definitely used to have a lot of prejudices, prejudices, which I'm letting go of now because I definitely want, I mean, I'm the, I'm the voice of all these people listening, right? So <laughs> I got to be as unbiased as possible. That was very enjoyable. Hats off the course for a good beer. Actually, this is one more bigger sip. When you take a big, full mouthfeel, you get more malt, actually. Mm-hmm. And so, some were full. Yep, yeah, some, well, your mouth's full of beer, yeah. but, but actually I, I took, like, the last two sips, I took pretty big ones, and it, because it tasted more malty. So if you're drinking this one right now, and you haven't finished it yet, take a big gulp and uh, see if it tastes different to you. This is definitely one where mm-hmm. you don't want to chug it, but a gulp of it gives you the flavor yeah. that you need. Good show. Okay, next. Winter Brawn. Actually, the German. next lowest in alcohol is probably the Samuel Adams. Oh, okay. Holiday so we'll, Porter. We'll go with the Samuel Adams Holiday Porter. Now, we already did um, their winter lager, right? The old Fezziwig. Oh, the old Fezziwig. Now, right. I did have their winter lager the other day, on Monday. Surprisingly good. <laughs> I figured, okay, winter beer plus lager minus. Mm-hmm. But it, it tasted good. It had a bit of um, caramel sweetness to it and uh, really didn't have any kind of metallic lager twang you know that we're typically finding in some of those more mainstream lagers well granted i guess the sam adams boston lager didn't have it yeah being from the vienna style i seem to find those don't have that flavor so yeah it was pretty good if there was something else we were at fridays Mm -hmm. that was the only thing they had worth drinking if i was anywhere else i probably wouldn't have had it or definitely wouldn't have had it a second but if that's your choice it's a good Go one to try. I'm not as uh, against lagers as Jeff is, so I certainly... Not necessarily against them, but I definitely find that I do not enjoy them. I find more flaws, and there's that, because there's a certain flavor yeah. there that I don't care for, so... So like we say, Sam Adams Holiday Porter and Sam Adams Boston Beer Company. We don't have any sheets again this time. The so. uh, Holiday Porter was introduced in the Winter Seasonals pack um, a few years ago. I want to say like three or four years ago. I'm doing these from memory mm-hmm. when I prepared the sheets. Uh, bready, malty aroma. Um, the aroma is full of um, dark fruit. Raisins, plums. Hmm. I'm getting mostly malt. Okay. I am disagreeing with you <laughs> on this one. When I was pouring your glass, I smelled it. And when I took my nose in my glass, I'm getting a... It's almost uh, the... It's the whiny smell that you get from a Baltic porter. A little bit of that, but not quite as strong. It's, um... Okay, now I'm starting to smell some of that fruitiness coming out. Yeah. It's a very, very dark beer. Um, yeah, completely it's, opaque. It's, uh, it's about, yeah, for people who aren't familiar with porters, it's very, very dark. Yeah. But it's about average porter. I mean, there's some highlights coming through the bottom. I mean, you tilt the glass at the bottom. Big, big creamy head on it. Yeah. Nice head on this beer. Somewhat thinner than I would have expected. 
The, uh, um, but yeah. oh, the, the aftertaste is really good. You get a lot of fruitiness. You get a lot of the dried fruit. It's mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the Anchor Porter that we had. Yeah. This one is kind of, like I say, it starts out kind of thin. has a really good aftertaste, though. doesn't really... The aftertaste kind of sits there for mm, 10 or 15 seconds with this fruit and then goes away. And then it's kind of pretty much not there anymore. This is an enjoyable porter from mm-hmm. Samuel Adams. Very drinkable. You could probably drink a lot of these. Go really well with um, with a burger. This uh, beer, it says on the neck label here, has caramel, Munich, and chocolate malts. And uses English Kent Goldings and East Kent Goldings and English Fuggles hops. Hmm. So it's a lot of traditional ingredients for an English style porter. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing you get out of this beer is that dried, that um, mm. that dark fruit, the raisins, the plums. Get a lot of that. It's not as roasty as that stouts that we had. Yeah, in the pre-show. In the pre-show. It doesn't really have the same kind of malt profile that the stouts had. It, uh, you know, it just you know you get a lot of that fruit, and that's pretty much the, the the big flavor you're getting. Recently with porters, I found they're pretty much in one of the those, those are the two camps. You get that mm-hmm. that dry, roasty flavor where it almost tastes like there's like eating a handful of. Um, chocolate malt or something like that and then you get these where they're a wetter feel and they have that raisin and plum flavor to yeah. it or prune flavor to it not my favorite porter in the world but a decent one check out the aroma now to me it's smelling more like the anchor does yeah now it definitely smells a lot like the anchor porter I just had an anchor porter not too long ago after we did it on the show Went to Mad Max, and their CO2 was broken, so all their taps were down. So I had Ooh. to, so I had to get something out of the bottle. They don't have a huge bottle selection at that one. It was decent, and I just decided to try the Anchor Porter because I remember how much we liked on the show, and it was very yeah. good again. See, the show helps out <laughs> once more. I've been thinking back over the past six months. I have learned a tremendous amount about beer. I know you have, yeah, because you were not really geeking into craft beer until I asked you to be on the show. I was, but being in the show and on uh, the BJCP classes, but particularly doing the show, I have learned tons and tons Absolutely. about flavors in beer and tasting beer. So I want to thank all you listeners to improving my Absolutely. knowledge yeah, of beer. Definitely. I mean, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have been continuing to do this show and we wouldn't have gotten the kind of knowledge that we have. And really, I mean, I, I love going to a place like the Sharp Edge. There's a huge amount of of taps and being like, well, I've tried all these, I've tried all these, I've tried all these, because you, you really get the, the um, what is it, the the impetus to really just try and expand and just try, if there's something new, I want to try it. Someone, it it uh, wasn't necessarily like that before. Someone that, sent us an email this week and asked if I've had the, I think it was the Harpoon IPA, and I couldn't remember, and it was the <laughs> first time, I mean, up to now, I've had hundreds of, of beers, and I've always been to remember every beer I've had. And for the most part, you know, if I liked it or not, what it tastes like. And this one, I couldn't even remember if we drank, if I, I drank it or we not. Did did we? So I'm gonna have to start keeping a diary of the beers I've tasted <laughs> or something, because just going through too many and doing five or six in one night, it's, yeah, it's really hard to remember what we did three or four weeks ago. You know, which six porters did we do? I don't know. Yeah, I know we did a harpoon. We did something harpoon wise. Again, but you know, that's what the website's for. We'll go back and look, mm-hmm. listen to the old shows. That's what I thought. <laughs> Freeness is still coming through. It's really st- the, the the laciness of the of the, of the um, head is sticking to the to the glass very well. You can see that. Yeah, it has really good lacing. It's just a good craft beer through mm-hmm. and through. You would not, if you were drinking this blind, you would not say it's from the fifth biggest brewer in the country. You, yeah, you would say it's just good craft porter. So very very good job, Sam Adams. Good stuff. It's been a good show already. What's next? What's next? Let's do... These next two beers are going to be brand new ones. Well, I guess they've all been brand new for us tonight. But these are... This is where the show gets a little more exciting, I think. Okay. This one is going to... Let's do this one next. Lagunitas Brown Sugar. Brown ale. Brewed with... What they say, 500 pounds or 200 pounds of brown sugar? Wow. But they didn't say what volume, like how many barrels they brewed right, at the right. time. So it's, and this is just a seasonal? It's a winter seasonal, yeah. Hmm. We believe this special ale is something unique. Feeding brown cane sugar to otherwise cultured brewery yeast is akin to feeding raw shark to your gerbil. 
I mean, I bet a gerbil would enjoy raw shark, but that's, you know. <laughs> uh, it's unlikely to ever occur in nature without human intervention. That's true. And it looks weird besides. <laughs> <laughs> but it has happened, and now it's too late. And so now, since it's too late, we're just going to give it a shot. This, I, when I was looking at their website getting the info on this beer, the info that I left at work, it, it's a seasonal, and it was brewed in early January. And then they brought it back in December for a rebrew. I'm not sure if those are the first times or not. It was hard to tell. It kind of looked that way from the website, but I'm just wondering. Okay, gerbils are generally like forest creatures, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess. Or would it be possible for rodents? They live in fields. Yeah, and stuff. would it be possible for a shark to, at any point, you know, come up and gerbils would somehow be able to get? <laughs> Has a gerbil ever eaten a shark? Is that what you're asking? Yes, I'm wondering if a gerbil's ever eaten a shark before humans came along. If it's in any way possible. This this is a question for philosophers. It's kind of <laughs> like, you know, if, if a tree falls in the woods, nobody's around, does anybody hear it? It doesn't make a sound. Okay, the aroma on this one is, it's very good, first off. Yeah. It's sweet. It's it's a, a multi-brown ale. You can get some of the sugar wow, yeah. smell from mm, it. Yummy. <laughs> And I think you're, I'm picking up a little bit of the alcohol, too. The alcohol in this thing is 9.9%. I think we drank these out of order, but... Who cares? It's too late now. Yeah, put it back in the bottle. <laughs> Save it for later. <laughs> That's a yummy smell. I want to keep smelling that. It's got yeah. a sort of brown sugarish sort yep, of smell. It, it's one of those beers. We've had them before where... Do we have to drink this? Let's just smell it a little bit longer before mm. we go. Well, it's it's a it's a dark tan um, with a reasonably uh, head, a reasonable head, about a finger's worth. Very clear. The aroma's changing already. I'm getting some hoppy aroma now. A little bit of hops in the aroma. Very sweet, kind of a dark sweetness. I guess it's sort of associated with brown sugar. Slight amount of hoppy bitterness is kind of hitting around, really around the whole mouth. And a lot of hop flavor. I'm mm-hmm. getting a lot of hop flavor. It's um. What did I say? Chin- Chinook, maybe? It's, a, it's certainly a grapefruity. Yeah. I would guess Chinook hops in this one. Something in that whole grapefruity hops uh, family. Definitely American hops. Um, you know, California style. I think, well, no. Now I'm doing things from memory. Either this one or the next one is from, uh, oh, can't remember. They're both California breweries, though. Lagunitas and uh, Lost Coast is the next one. They have a little slogan here. Beer speaks, people mumble. Petaluma. That's where this one is. That's right. It says right on the list. Yes, Petaluma. Home of This Week in Tech. (laughs) Yet another podcast I don't listen to. This is uh, an IPA with brown sugar, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, well... It's such a hoppy flavor to it. Hop-wise, it's definitely a strong hoppiness. And it's got, you know, it definitely has a... A strong sweetness, but I wouldn't necessarily associate that with maltness, particularly since there's a lot of brown sugar in here. Hmm. This tastes like, uh, yeah, I'm getting the alcohol warming in the back of my throat. This is very good. I like this beer. But to me, it, it tastes like, uh, I would say, an, an Imperial IPA or something approaching like, Imperial because yeah, of the alcohol warming. Like a, it's an American Strong Ale or something like that. Yeah. I mean, Imperial IPAs sometimes people will classify those as the light pill, like the hop wallop. This one is way, has too, way too much malt to it to be that kind of imperial yeah. pillow. But 9.9%, get the alcohol warming. It has a very hoppy flavor. You know, so it's very similar to imperial. And the brown sugar gives it a nice different character to it. Yeah, it though. does. It kind of, it, it mitigates the hoppy, the hoppiness a bit uh, and presents itself very differently. You can tell a lot of it is fermented out. It's not quite as sweet. I thought it'd be more sweet. Mm-hmm. I thought there'd be a lot more obvious brown sugar, but a lot of it has fermented out and it just gives you some residuals from it. Now, I know that <clears throat> traditional table sugar is a disaccharide and yeast cannot eat a disaccharide. Um, and so one way you can actually cut that bond in between the, the sugars and sort of separate that so you, you can eat it is the boil sugar for five minutes or so. I wonder if they have to do the same thing with the brown sugar. I imagine it, you know, still a disaccharide when it comes to you in the box or whatever yeah, you get it. I'm not an expert on uh, sugar chemistry. Yet. I mean, you can also do it with, uh, like, lemon juice, I think you can. Isn't it also called inverting the sugar or something Yeah, like that? you can. I think you can cut it with, but you certainly use lemon juice because that would certainly affect the taste. Well, this much and I think it goes a little some bit sort goes of, a long some way. sort of acidulation. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if this is if cane sugar is a fermentable sugar. I think it is. 
actually. I think most of what's in cane sugar, except for like the 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 molasses, the brown stuff, mm-hmm. you know, which is going to be left over and give you flavor. I think a lot of the sugars are going to be fermentable, and if they're like refined cane sugar, it ferments very clean and gives you not much body in the beer and a lot of alcohol. So that could be how they got the alcohol up to nine. To you know, to, yeah. with the it's um, it's like when you use molasses in a stout or something. Yeah, you the sugars ferment out, but you get all that other stuff that's in the molasses that adds to the flavor. Hmm. I'm still surprised at how hoppy this beer is. I, <laughs> brown sugar, it's brown sugar, and I remember it's it's a categorized on Beer Advocate is a brown ale, I think, or yeah, something like that. Certainly not a brown ale, but, but it has a really great kind of sweet aftertaste that you know sort of it does kind of mitigate some of the bitterness that you get from the hops and really good i really like the hop flavor on this one really do i'd like to see what the ibus on this because the bitterness doesn't really taste that high i think like i said i think that's some of the sugar doing yeah it could be i mean it doesn't really taste that pucker oh the original gravity on this thing is 1.1 they list it on there yeah right here haha <laughs> 1.100. Oh, here's the IBUs. 51.1. So... It's kind of bitter. I mean, it does yeah, have it. It's bitterness. on the high side um, for a normal beer. It's on the low side for an extreme West Coast puckier, puckier <laughs> yeah, lips yeah. beer, so... Not bad. What's that next? Is, that is good. I like that. Next one, we're going to do the Lost Coast one. The Winter Brown, I think. Winter Brown. Winter Brown. Winter... Now, I heard them talking about this one on uh, Pacific Brew News, and they call, they pronounced it Winter Brown. And you can pronounce it that way. I would have said Braun the whole night if I didn't hear him yeah. say that. Winter Brown. Okay. What did, well, we should probably explain it. spelled B-R-A-U-N. Right. So, Braun. Has like a Picasso art on the label. I'm still finishing up my Lagunitas here, so talk if you will. Yeah, I it has a, it has a, a snowboarder kind of a, his, his face is all twisted Picasso like, and he is jumping off of a cliff or something, and um, it's a very long hat. But uh, okay, hey. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I finished that brown sugar too fast. Now I got a mouthful of alcoholish warming and. <laughs> Man, I like that beer. It's good stuff. This is our last beer of the night. This is Winter Brawn. No, we have one more after this. We I got thought that was su- for the post see, show. Let's do the celebration on the main show. Okay, too. okay. Uh, let's that's break right. all the rules. The uh, let me let me go grab that out of the fridge so we have it. Okay, my memory might have been failing me. This Lagunitas might not have been ranked as a brown ale. It was probably the Winter Brawn that I remember ranked as a brown ale. So the Lagunitas was probably ranked as. An American strong ale. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Th- that's what I. Yeah, that's, that's probably what I would classify it. This one. So everyone who was yelling at their radios for the last 20 minutes, <laughs> you can stop yelling now. <laughs> this one is, is a is a you know a dark uh, dark hmm, dark brown with uh, ruby highlights. You can see through the glass, but not really well. Yeah. It's clear, but it's dark. Reasonable finger long head. Smell you get from a, a brown ale. Yeah, kind of. Um, a uh, hoppy maltiness, a, a cleaner ha- cleaner maltiness than you typically would get from, say, a porter or something like that. Now, I learned this from listening to the episode 5 of the Pacific Brew News today. Uh, Lost Coast makes a normal brown ale, I forget the name, and this is their winter brown, which is a higher in alcohol version of a very similar beer. I don't know if it's the same recipe with more malt or what, but it's the souped up brown ale version for the wintertime. It has a brown ale taste. Malty, thinner. But real kind of uh, expanding malt flavor, not a lot of bitterness, and a good amount of just kind of just just kind of fading malt flavor that that uh, recedes a bit. Lost Coast is from Eureka, California. This beer has American pale malt with a mixture of caramel and chocolate malts. Uses Zotz hops to give it a unique spicy flavor, which it's not a hop you see in a brown ale very often. Yeah. Zotz is the one you see spelled S-A-A-Z, and yeah. it's pronounced Zotz. It's probably pronounced, you want to be totally accurate, like Zotz, Zotz, or something like that. Zotz. Maybe it is Zotz. or something like that. It's not Saz. Yeah, it's not Saz, but it's probably like Zotz, and that, you know, just sort of translates better to Zotz. You're so sassy. 
Can you taste that different hop in there? Because the Zotz hops are the kind you typically get in a mm-hmm. Bavarian Pilsner yeah. or something like that. Czech um, Pilsner. Yeah, I really am having trouble picking out the hops in here. Maybe maybe kind of slightly towards the... In the back of my tongue on the sides, I can taste a little bit of hoppiness. I think because I'm looking for the hop that you taste in a Pilsner, I think I'm able to taste it slightly. But I probably would have never noticed it if I wasn't looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting combination. Yeah. I've never seen anyone else put Zotz hops in a brown ale, that's for sure. But for the rest of this beer, it's a very brown ale Yeah. It's, you have a, a good malt flavor. You get a good um, toasty malt aftertaste after this beer has been down your throat for a few seconds. And it really hangs around your mouth. And it's enjoyable, this, this toasted caramel flavor in your mouth. I'm just breathing it in and out right now. You know what really sucks? What's that? This is going to be a hard show to, to, to rate. Yeah. Because these are all different kinds of beers that none of them have been bad. And and really, it, it, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm trying all these. I'm like, hmm. Because part of me thinks, you know, the chorus was really good enough that I don't want to rate it last. But at the same time, none of these beers have been, <laughs> been bad at all. I am going to rate them in... Just the order I enjoyed them the most. Yeah. So the chorus probably will be last, but it won't be, you know, way back. It'll just yeah. be... Last in the rating, but first in our hearts. No. <laughs> first in my hearts. <laughs> well, not last in our hearts at any rate. We've had worse beers on the show. How about that? We've had considerably worse beers on the show. Should have had the winter brown before the brown sugar. We screwed up. But you can still taste it. Yeah. The can... malt is... Mm-hmm. Really good. Uh, it's just it's one of those things that's kind of hard to describe because it's a brown ale yeah. and it's not that different from most brown ales. Yeah, it, it's how a, does this compare to you know some of your favorite brown ales? Well, you know, I think Brooklyn was our favorite, um, and Brooklyn has a little bit more of a hoppy hoppiness to it, kind of a little bit more bitterness. Um, a little bit, yeah. This is right up there with it, though. I don't think it's too far behind. I, I, I think say. Brooklyn is, is a little bit it's a little bit thicker body wise, and it kind of has um, more going for it. I think I, I wouldn't put this as high as Brooklyn. Okay, I wouldn't put it too far behind it, though. I'm enjoying this beer for it's a for good a beer. Burner. It's yeah. a good beer. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I mean, I was just trying to see, you know, give everyone a frame of don't reference. Don't get me wrong, Jeff. No, no, I'm just trying to give everyone who's <laughs> listening a frame of reference. You know, everyone who's had Brooklyn or at mm-hmm. least remembers what, how we've talked about Brooklyn. How much we've liked it, and yeah. we really like the American brown ale style. And hey, it's one of the—it's what we're doing for the multi brew. Yeah. That's so, true. And I think this is a right up there with the Brooklyn. So, you know, maybe not quite as good, but I don't have much. To, I don't have anything bad to say about it, this. It's beer. a good beer. It's definitely very enjoyable. So, is next the Sierra Nevada, or is it the? That'll be the after show. Okay. So Sierra Nevada is this? This is their celebration ale. A uh, special ale made for the winter season. It's made in this long cabin right there. <laughs> no, this is an American IPA. Oh, really? It's an IPA? Yep. Yes, it is. Hmm. I read some reviews this year, but the, the 2005 celebration, it's not as good as its uh, predecessors. According to the reviews. Mo- like, there's some people very vocal about it. And there's other people like, I think it tasted great. And so then the one guy's like, I haven't tasted it for 15 years, and this is the worst year yet. Well, it's got that um, hoppy slash malty aroma that you would expect from an IPA. Mostly hops. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> Mostly hops in the aroma. Uh, it's um, no tannish. This one used tea. a... Oh, let's see if I can remember. It used a crazy hop combination. It used... Okay, I can remember. It used Chinook hops for bittering. Uh-huh. used Cascade and Centennial for flavor. And then it used all three of them for dry hopping. <laughs> Interesting. It's got you know, that sort of tan, iced tea kind of... Um, um, look to it with a decent size head. Jeff? Taste hoppy. <laughs> it's, um, kind of hoppy you get. It, it's a really, um... It tastes like orange. It's more like sort of a citrus, more towards the orange than the grapefruit, I think. Yeah, you get some citrus fruit from it. When I tasted it, no, it really, it didn't. It's because I'm so familiar with hop flavor. To me, this one tasted really green. Mm-hmm. Really fresh hop flavor to it and to me it just tasted like a you know a hop salad or something you know <laughs> just very green it, it's hard i mean compared to other hoppy beers yeah. this one just tastes very 
very vegetable. I mean, no, because vegetable is a different flavor. Yeah. But it just tastes very... There's get, the hops right you, there. You get, a hit, you get hit with hops very quickly. You get, you know, the, sort of that citrusy stuff. And then you, you, it sort of fades. You, know, you get citrusy stuff sort of in the front of your mouth. And it fades to this bitterness in the back. The malt kind of just sort of lets it flow through, but doesn't really go crazy. Yeah, the uh, the malt's a, a supporting character in this beer. It doesn't ever take the forefront the, in the flavor, in the taste from front to end. But it, it's just under the hops, supporting the hops the whole way through, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. And you get a fair amount of bitterness on the sides of your tongue from the Chinook. You get a lot of the orange and other citrus flavors from the Cascade and Centennial on your tongue. And actually, knowing how the hops are used in the spear, I can taste it through the taste, how the hops are, the hops that are in there. So how do you feel about the beer? I like it. I've had it uh, over the past years, and uh, I've always liked this beer. I don't dislike the beer, but it seems to me a little confusing taste-wise. There's kind of a, a flavor dichotomy with the hops versus the bitterness, and the malt isn't really hitting itself very well. I don't okay. know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I wouldn't, you know, grab a six-pack and enjoy it, but I'm also not saying that it's, it's certainly not the best of the night. Well, no, I'm not. I don't want to get to the ranking part. I want to give this beer some fair time. I like it more the the front end, and when it fades that bitterness, it's sticking around too much. The bitterness is getting a little bit. I can over. I can see where you're saying that. I don't. I like that in beers probably more than you do. So. See, here's my problem with it. Right, I taste it, and the, the, when I sip it, I think, mm, "Great, think that all that hot flavor." And then as I let it sit that bitterness takes over and it gets to be kind of the same sort of overt bitterness like the wassail and the jubilee that just didn't doesn't really sit well with me well to me this is a different style of beer this is one that allows for the bitterness to me the jubilee and the wassail i also wonder since we were both a little stuffed up last week how much that affected it <laughs> You know, our reviews of those well, to two me, beers. I, I just don't like it when bitterness just sits on your tongue like that. I like it when it's a little okay. bit more active. You know, when, when the bitterness is going to stick. I like it to stick maybe in a different part of my tongue. Just right there when it's right there in the center like it is here. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it feels like it's it's sitting there like there's a weight there in my tongue. And I don't really appreciate that as much. It does leave a lot of bitter aftertaste. I'll give you that. I am not... Hating it though, you know, or I'm not know, hating it well, either. I, hating was too strong of a word, but I'm not, you know, complaining about it. That first, that, that, the first sip when you, when you get it in your mouth, mm, that's really great amount of hops. But it just, it, my problem is that it leaves that bitterness behind. Now, are you going to be able to find a beer that gives you this much hops and doesn't leave the bitterness? Well, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I I'm can just, think of a couple already. Okay, I just wanted to bring it up. One that's going to give you this kind of hop flavor and right up front and taste that green and that full mm -hmm. and not have the lingering Well, I bitterness. mean, like we've said before, bitterness and flavor come from different stages in the brewing process, do they not? They do, but the components do build upon each other, I would no, say. No, I'm not saying they don't. So I, I just brought it up that, you know, you might be looking for, to get this much hop flavor out of a beer... And not have you might be able to decrease the lingering bitterness a little bit, yeah. But you might not be able to to eliminate it, and you might not be looking to eliminate it. But you know, just make. I just wanted well, to bring you know, up I'm, the point. I'm not, I'm not saying that my perfect beer necessarily has this kind of you know the, okay. the same amount of hoppiness to it either. I just I know I enjoy the initial hop stuff, but I don't enjoy what comes afterwards. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make the point that you know you could probably tune this beer a little bit more for your taste, but. Depending on what you want to get out of it, it might not be possible. You might sacrifice some of the hop flavor and this is to, to eliminate up, sure. to eliminate the bitterness that you want to get rid of. You want to write yeah. these? Well, I think you know. I, I made I made the question: Is the core is going to come in last? And for me, because of the way I reacted to Sierra Nevada, which is the only one that you know I had kind of that reaction to. Okay, it actually does end up last. You're going to get some hate mail. I, I may get some hate mail. But yeah, the Sierra Nevada for me ends up less, even though, like I say, not bad, not at all bad. Right, this these is, are all sevens, seven to tens, yeah. right? And then I would rate the the Winterfest as next. Hmm, I think that the next thing I would rate is probably going to be. Hmm, let's see, 
probably the Holiday Porter from Sam Adams. And then I'm going to go with the Winter Brown. And then the Brown Sugar. All right. Brown Sugar? Yeah. Choice pick of the night. Yeah. Wow. That was a delicious beer. Second, I'm going to pick Sam Adams. Holiday Porter. Great, a really good tasting porter from a big brewer. Definitely worth the try. Third, third's tough for me. It's between the Winter Brown mm-hmm. Brown Ale and the Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. It's tough. Very different beers, apples to oranges. So it's which one did I like drinking better tonight? Yeah. I think I'm going to put the Sierra Nevada Celebration okay. in front because it just gave me a lot of hops. Yeah. And well, your hop head was so much. So. Right. It got those hops. Liked it. The Winter Brown, nothing wrong with it, but it was a standard brown ale. So it's just tonight with my mood, I want the something that's giving me a zing compared to something that's giving me the solid mm-hmm. backbone. You know, the workhorse of the of the night is definitely the Winter Brown. It's the it's the class style, I would say. And then the cores comes in a close fourth, fifth, 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 yeah, yeah. fifth. Okay, yeah, the cores comes in a close fifth because from Golden, Colorado, it was quite drinkable. Yeah, and really, what could you say was bad about there it? There wasn't anything I could say was wrong with it. I Just mean, you know, this could be better, that could be better, but what's wrong with this beer? Nothing really. Yeah, doesn't taste bad. In any particular way. So, kudos to Coors for making Absolutely. a decent product. Kudos to Lost Coast for making Winter Brown with a good workhorse <laughs> Sierra Nevada for using crazy amounts of hops. Kudos to Sam Adams for making a quarter. Any more kudos? Kudos for that American delicious beer tonight. Not being a very good beer. Hey, everybody. We had a little technical difficulty at the end of the show there where the recording was getting dropped out good news was it was only about 40 seconds or so so i just want to bid you farewell wish you a merry christmas and tune in to craft beer radio next week where we'll be doing doppelbox that's all for craft beer radio if you have any questions or comments email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in mp3 our intro and closing music is lameface by feeble wiener you can find a link to feeble wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Yeah.